Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck yeah. Welcome to an all new episode of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. It's Corey Richmond joined by Jason Brooks. Jason, another interesting week in wrestling. CM Punk looks another step closer, and AEW is running Chicago again. I wonder, are they? Could they be killing the Chicago market a little bit? But uh, Jay, how are you doing today? Uh, they're certainly not killing the Chicago market. They, Chicago is thirsty for wrestling. Um, but yeah, no, um, another pretty good week in wrestling. More CM Punk rumors. Darby Allen referencing him on the show, basically. Yeah, it's uh, it sounds like it's happening. So um, just an interesting week and uh, excited to talk with you about it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I don't disagree with you that Chicago is starved for wrestling, and whenever there's a show there, it's usually going to do pretty well. But I guess my point was in the initial part of that was they're basically running Chicago four times in, what, like a week and a half? This, I believe uh, Monday, Roar will be in Chicago. I mean, I just, you know, it's a great, great place for wrestling. But you wonder, so many shows in such a short period of time, well, it shows on the back end get hurt. Well, well, the the Friday show on the twentieth could be easily be just people who live in Chicago, right? That's a big then, place to build up, right? With you they'll that'll be that won't be a problem. Um, but then yeah, the shows the biggest United Center isn't that a pretty uh, big like yeah like thirty thousand whatever twenty thousand. Um, but they'll be fine. They'll be able to fill it. I I, I think they'll be able to fill it. I'm very confident. But then the shows that week, you know, uh, Rampage, Dynamite, and the pay-per-view are all the same week. So what do people do? Mm-hmm. They're trying to make it like WrestleMania, which I think is really, really, really smart, right? So what do people do at WrestleMania week? They travel in. They spend a week at whatever the town is. They go to all the shows. They go to all the indie shows. Now... There aren't, I mean, I'm sure there'll be indie shows in Chicago. You just make it a week long event. I think it's, I think it's a tremendous idea. And then you separate the 20th saying that's when, that's when punk's going to be here. So I, I, yeah, I totally disagree with you. I, I think it's a, I think it's a great idea, great plan. And I also think it's great because him coming there and maybe making his appearance doesn't overshadow the pay-per-view now. There's, that's not a, that's that lo- there's not that looming thing over, oh, my God, is it going to be whatever, whatever, right? And then, not only that, they've already sold out these shows, right? So they they are or, or, or close to it. So then you're like, oh, well, they already bought tickets. Now it's like, oh, well, we're also going to give you CM Punk now a couple of weeks before, right? So I, I listen, AW, sometimes their shows are not my favorite. Uh, this week's being one of them. But from a business standpoint, they really know what they're doing, man. They are doing gangbusters. So I, I, I don't really doubt them too much in a business sense. And I think this is a, a indicative of that, what they're doing with um, Chicago. It's, it's fun. Also, it's funny. And, you know, whatever. As you guys know, I'm having kids soon. Really? Uh, but, but it's funny because that weekend I'm going to be in Boston, the 20th. So I won't be able to go. You're going to be here. We're going to go to Dynamite that Wednesday. Um, Friday, I'm going back to Rochester. 
And then Sunday, I'll still be in Rochester. So I live in Chicago and I'm only going to be able to go to one of the shows in, in that in that time period. So it's crazy. But the good thing, all oh, it's going to be here every year. So, I mean, it, it'll be it'll be fine. But it's just it's just really funny. Yeah, I mean, well, and the bigger point of that is, which we you, you kind of brought up in the very beginning on that Friday Dynamite, August 20th. Now, there's a very good chance that CM Punk is being hinted that he'll be making his debut with the company. Now, you could say that, and we spoke about this last week, you know, long-term, you know, Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson might be the bigger, you know, thing in the company. But the momentum that this company is getting from the rumors of these two guys signing is amazing. There's stories in the New York Post this past week. There are other, you know, interviews that were going on where Tony Khan, you know, was basically saying, I'm not going to say no, but, you know, I can't officially say anything yet. But I think that I don't know if this is going to be the type of science that will get to 2 million viewers or any of this other thing that's, you know, arbitrary. But I do think that this is with the quality of shows that some people believe they're having and the CM Punk. I really think that this is driving them to a possible another level of interest from, you know, from fans. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Booker T this week compared him to like Hall and Nash coming in. And I think that's an, I think that's an actual uh, Booker T says some wacky shit, but I think that's an actually interesting comparison, right? These are the two top guys who are available. I think even bigger than Brock, to be honest with you, um, to me, and you know, people might get on me about Brock, but I think these are the two top guys available uh, because I think these two guys can bring people back. They, you know, one thing that AEW's done is they've gotten that indie fan that loves indie wrestling, uh, that loved ECW back in the day, which is why they seem to have a hardcore main event match every week, right? But now there's all these CM Punk marks, right? And I consider myself to be one of them who love this guy and, and may have left wrestling, may have stopped watching. And now this guy's going to come back. I, 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 I can't, I, it's just, it's going to be a big fucking deal. It just is. And, um, uh, I, you know, I, I very interested to see what happens, the story they tell. Um, and you know, one of the issues with AEW, their biggest issue, I think is that everything moves in warp speed. You know, Tanahashi made an appearance and they're like, Oh, big news. Okay, now let's go to this match with Thunder Rosa. Oh, okay, well, uh, well, we forgot all about it, right? <laughs> Nothing breathes on the show. Um, generally, there's not a, um, you know, one thing WWE does well, well, sometimes does well, uh, but NXT usually does as well as they have, you know, a segment in the beginning, and then they have kind of a build up to a main event, right? AEW doesn't really do that. They just have matches and then sometimes they have vignettes and stuff like that. Um, I, I, I just hope CM Punk's appearance and who he is and what he's going to do doesn't get lost in all the other shit they have going on. Uh, that's what I fear that it's going to get lost in all the other stuff that's going on. And then it's going to be hard to separate who's a main eventer, who's a mid Carter, who's a, who's a jobber, who's a hammonator. I don't know. I, 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 and then Daniel Bryan coming in there. You know, one thing about SmackDown is you had Reigns as the champion. You had Bryan as a main eventer. 
You had mm-hmm. Edge coming in every now and then. You had Shazari, you have Rollins. So you have a couple of guys who are the center of the show and then kind of a big mid-card. AEW can kind of be a little bit all over the place. So I I don't know. I, I, I don't know how they configure their show. And I know they have Rampage, great. But, man, they have a big roster, Corey. They have a big fucking roster. Um, and I, I don't know how they're going to fill all this. I don't know how they're going to fill this time and how they're going to have this time be meaningful. I guess we'll see. Absolutely. Uh, so what what would you say? Do you think we're guaranteed to get CM Punk on that Friday, the, tw- uh, the 20th I mean, show? I mean, tomorrow's not guaranteed, right? Who knows? But I think the plan is, I'd have to say the plan is for him to be there. Because one thing that Tony Khan tries to do is he tries to, you know, say he's going to do these big things and tries to deliver on them. You know, Tony Khan is still a fan at heart. And so he doesn't like doing a thing where he, you know, shows you the left hand and gives you the right hand, right? Like he wants to, hey, it's going to be a big deal, blah, 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 right? So, you know, I think, I think he's going to be there. I think the plan is for him to be there. I would be surprised if he wasn't there. And I think he probably has to be there. He has to open the show. I think the whole show has to be, centered around him it can't just be oh he's here all right now darby allen's gonna go against jungle boy he's gotta be the center of the show and aw is generally not good at that um so you know we'll see but yeah i think he's i think he's probably gonna appear so before we before we move on to you know a lot of the things we're gonna talk about today the hint that was given and you even said it earlier was you know a little bit with darby allen saying you know i'm willing to go against the best in the world whatever exactly he said but it was of course one of the two uh, references to Punk for the during the night. Do you like the idea of Darby Allen as a first opponent, or do you think that a guy, especially if you think he's coming, CM Punk's coming in, he's going to mostly win his first feud? Do you think that he should face someone else that isn't on such an upward trajectory? I think they probably asked CM Punk what he wanted to do, sure. and I think this is probably what he wanted to do. Um, you know, he's talked about the money being nice but that he wants a story and so i'm pretty sure tony khan himself and darby kind of crafted this and so i think if this is what they all decided i think it's cool um i think darby allen has improved in the ring has improved as a talker and i think is is at that level now look at what they're doing with christian and jungle boy you know and i think tony khan has been really smart in that way Pairing, you know, with Sting and Darby Allen, pairing legends up with young guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been by design, and I think they asked Punk, and Punk was down with it. They're probably crafting a story uh, as we speak, already have, you know, c- kind of the beginnings of a story. And, you know, we'll see We'll see what happens. But um, I'm okay with it because I think this is everybody's idea coming together and, and agreeing on it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, mean, I think it's a good first feud. be interesting to see how they – how they go with each other and CM Punk did say in a I think an interview with Renee, uh, Renee Paquette a couple of months ago that one of the people on his shortlist that he would be interested in working with was Darby Allen. Um, now, one of the big other big stories of the week or the last couple of weeks has been the return of John Cena. We mentioned it last week, uh, how you enjoyed uh, what he's done for the first couple of days. And I was Enjoyed the stuff that he did at the pay-per-view in SmackDown. Didn't love, you know, the stuff on Raw. But uh, reason I'm bringing this up, because we also have uh, 
Jason Anthony Moses in our chat from the Step Back podcast. And I'm sure they have another big night coming around with the NBA draft tonight and the 47,000 trades. Let's go. Let's go. Let's win some money on the draft, baby. Come on. (laughs) But uh, Jacob Anthony with his son on, uh, on Facebook put up a picture of them together in the new John Cena shirt. And, of course, that's cool. But the bigger thing is, I don't know if you've had a chance to see this or not, but since John Cena has made his return, um, audience um, numbers of tickets sold have skyrocketed. They weren't doing great with ticket sales in the very beginning, but since Cena's come back, and we all know Cena's a star, he's a part-timer, there's this and that, that the good and the bad. But, Jay's, what's your thoughts on basically the product feeling a little bit hotter with maybe the average fan and now that John Cena's back? I mean, it's hotter with every fan. I mean, he brings something to the show. We talked about he brings something to the show that they don't have. He's a star. They don't have stars. They have 50-50 booking. They have guys lose every week. You don't, you know what I mean? Champions win, champions win, and then champions lose non-title matches every week. Right? Look at Nikki Cross or Nikki Ash, whatever the hell you her name is. Almost she just won the title and she lost to Charlotte and was embarrassed, right? Cena is a star and they've profiled him as that for a long time. And I also think not just how he's booked with wins and losses, but how he's been booked from a storyline standpoint, uh, his promos, they always seem real. They feel like they're, they're more him, um, especially since he did the thing where he's not like trying to just embarrass guys. And they're just not that many guys on the main roster who have been given that latitude. Uh, look at what they did with Karrion Cross and all this silliness, Keith Lee, all, countless of other guys, right? So they've, they've made him look like a star for a long time through a lot of, you know, avenues. And now he's in Hollywood and stuff like that. And I also think there's a curiosity. If Cena was there for a year, would they be selling these tickets? Probably not. Uh, but you know, oh my God, what's, what's he going to look like? Blah, blah, blah. How's he going to be? What's he going to say? So I think that brings something to it. And obviously we know he's a you know money-making machine and a big star. So, uh, it does, it does make sense, but I also hope that WWE learns something from this. They're not going to, but it would be nice for them to learn how to book wrestlers, not just as, um, you know, like with Big E, what are they going to do with Big E? Right now is when you take Big E and you shoot him to the moon. He doesn't have to win the world title, but you put him on an unstoppable losing streak. You book him well. You give him good storylines because that could be a guy for the future. Will they do that? He's probably going to lose 18 million times. Then he's going to win the world title. And then it's going to be, well, great. He won, but he's lost like 18 matches since then. So anyway, going on my long WWE diatribe. Um, but it's good that Cena's back, and yeah, he's a, he's he's he brings star power to the show. Yeah. So uh, Jacob made a couple of comments here. Having Cena around elevates Roman too. Um, we can all hope, but I have a big feeling they're gonna, they're going to mess this up. Um, and Biggie has everything you want to in a wrestling a wrestler too. Uh, these are all comments from uh, Jacob from. He's right. The, uh, I mean, think about it. They keep they kept trying to make Roman Reigns a babyface, and people just were not buying it, right? Because we've talked about this on this show. Roman Reigns seemed like the guy that people would hate, the good-looking guy. He kind of seems to have kind of an ego about him. Now they turn him heel, and it's worked. Big E, people are cheering. 
people are into. He's a naturally like charismatic, super nice guy. This, he has everything you want in a baby face. Don't mess, don't mess, don't fuck this up. Don't mess it up. I, I would agree. And I think one of the interesting points about this is, and I wasn't going to initially say this point, but this is actually interesting. The idea that, and I'd love to get your point on this, Jay, in regards to, I don't know if you saw this or not, but Cena was at Raw this past week, but he was just in a dark match. So the live crowd saw him, but with Cena being a factor, and I understand he's in a SmackDown feud, but would you have him on TV on every show you could, especially the fact he's there? Would you have him do promos and do stuff like he did with Matt Riddle, maybe help some guys? 100%. 100%. Every show. He's on every show. House shows, can we put him on a house show? Every show, every show we put him on. Every show he's on. And it could be um, him putting a younger guy over, you know, like a riddle. Um, him, you know, squashing, you know, whatever. A ham and agar, um, Whatever it takes. Absolutely. 100%. He should be on every show. Because um, you want to, I mean... You want it, you want them on every show, absolutely. And I guess the last one, at least of what we're talking about now, uh, Jackie Andy from the uh, You Don't Know Jackie podcast, and of course, our social media expert because we're two old guys. Uh, all those tickets, and you can't see them, so she's trying to be funny, which you know, she occasionally gets to. Um, but uh, Jay, let's let's talk a little about Monday Night Raw, and it appears that you are once again watching on a regular basis. I apologize, I'm sorry for that. But uh, you you brought up a couple of the uh, the misgivings from this past week. I mean, are there good moments? Are there good matches here and there? But the continued treatment of Keith Lee, like you said, Nikki Ash, uh, what was the original plan for uh, for Karrion Cross, which we had from Sean Ross Sapp and the Matt Men's podcast, two pretty reliable sources on WWE matters lately. Let's get a little into that. So, do you want to start with Keith Lee? You want to start? Yeah, let, let's start with Nikki Ash. Uh, because, you know, I had problems with this character from the beginning. Then she cuts this promo and you could tell how emotional she was. And as someone who now really like learns, has learned to like, like the wrestlers personally from stuff you hear about them and things that they've done in the past. And like, I really like Nikki Cross and she's also a terrific performer. Mm-hmm. That promo she gave was from the heart. She was, I mean, she couldn't even get through it through certain points, right? It was great. Then they made her just look like a fucking dope. A dope. Also, she, you know, and Jason Powell pointed this out, ProWrestling.net, friend of the show. She talked too much. The butterfly, the metamorphosis. Then she's losing to Charlotte. She's saying, I know I could beat you. I know I could. It just makes you, it makes her look like a jobber. It just and I know story. Maybe she wins the next week, and maybe she wins at SummerSlam. But it just, just I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess she was booed on house shows over the weekend. I don't know, Corey. I, I just don't see this lasting. I think the audience is going to turn on her. I really do. I mean, I would really, and I don't know if we mentioned this last week, but I really do think there's a good chance she could be a transitional champion. And this is the whole idea that you've got to get, you know, sh- this is of course the jaded fan, but. You got to get Charlotte to, you know, 17, you know, title runs. So you got to take it off and put it back on. Well, Corey, that, but, I mean, she's 30 something years old. She's, she probably has five more years to do that unless she's trying to have a kid now. I mean, I, I don't, I, beyond Charlotte being a transitional champion, I don't care about that. 
I care about the idea that you're in the business of, we talked about like making stars, right? And you have someone dressed up ridiculously who Charlotte made fun of for looking ridiculous. And at certain points, Nikki Cross was getting booed by the fans. This is just not going to last. This, this is not a gimmick that is that she looks ridiculous. And, I, you know, I could be totally wrong, but less is more with her. That promo she gave was great. Mm-hmm. But we don't need her out there talking for three segments of the show. And I don't know. I, I just I think it's overkill. I think they're making her look like a dope already. And, you know, we'll, we'll see where, where it goes. Yeah, uh, Jacob coming up big time again in the chat. Uh, it's not bad, but it's not good either. And I think that's tr- true. And, I, and we mentioned this in the past that Nikki Ash is an angle that's meant for kids. And both of us being in our early 40s, there are certain gimmicks and angles that are going to work for us and not. I mean, we'll talk about it later on the show, you know, the whole stuff with the hardcore renaissance, it feels like in, you know, AW with Nick Gage. A lot of stuff that's definitely not for Jay and I can deal with it in very small doses, but you know, it's all going to, it's all going to be, you know, what gets over. And it almost feels like they're doing the reverse booking of how they do every single baby face when they get the money in the bank or anybody in general, basically the money in the bank has been a way to go and say, we can beat a guy or a girl. And it's okay. Cause there's the money in the bank, possibly have a title, you know, down the line. And after having a gimmick for two weeks, they basically, like I said, they're working in reverse. They gave her the title. Now they're going to beat her. And could she win the three-way at SummerSlam? You know, there's a 33% chance. But, you know, if you're watching her, and if I was a little girl, a little boy right now, I would not be saying, oh, my God, she's my hero because, you know, she's just trying. You know, she's got to win. And maybe you don't put the title on her after two weeks of the gimmick. I agree. I agree 100%. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know how... You know, I know Vince liked her. Um, I, I know they feel like she could be kind of a role model figure. I just think they could have done this another way. I think they could have made her a, you know, baby face who loves the fans. And, uh, you know, I mean, how many times have we got to say, right, with Bailey that they had that and they, you know, screwed that up. But they could have made her. Also, though, I mean, that's a, the rare. Well, it, I mean, it took them a while to get there. Sure. Um, and so, you know, I, I think they they had someone who I think they could have I think they could have tweaked Nikki Cross's character to still kind of keep her as Nikki Cross. But also, you know, that WWE promo that she had on WWE.com where she talked about how she's been getting crapped on for a long time and she's re- whatever. Th- that's a baby face promo if I've ever heard one and hardly anyone ever saw it. I, I, you know, again, this, this, it is what it is. Is she going to be there in a year with this gimmick and getting booed out of the building in a couple of months? I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I see. Like, last thing on this quickly is, uh, and Jacob brought this up. Is she Molly Holly 2.0 or is she the hurricane? Hurricane has had this gimmick for, you know, the past, what, 15 years. And he's still doing, he still gets work here and there from at comic cons and different, and, and different yeah. promotions. And Molly Holly, yes, I know she's retired and she went to the hall of fame. But the uh, Mighty Molly thing was a thing that, you know, she wasn't doing 20 years later. I mean, so I, I wonder what it is. Yeah, I think, well, I think one, the Hurricanes character, he was really a goofball. And I think he didn't say, like, I, I, don't, I mean, again, I'd have to think back to all his stuff. But 
you know, I think he was, I think he was just a goofball and, and he was funny. Uh, and he wasn't the champion, right? Like he was a kind of mid card fun gimmick. And so I think Corey, obviously uh, very excited to do this podcast. He's uh, snoring or he's yawning here, but I'm working. Um, the <laughs> uh, but no, so, you know, I don't know. I think that might be a part of it too, right? Is that she's, you know, with, with hurricane, I feel like with the gimmick, he didn't take himself very seriously. And so I think people are like, oh, we'll laugh along with him. When Nikki yeah. Cross is trying to be this like more serious character. And I, I don't, I just don't know. Also, this is how many years ago? 15 years ago, Hurricane, right? We look at, yeah. we, we look at baby faces differently after The Wire, after The Sopranos, after Breaking Bad. Heel, heels and baby faces are looked at differently than they were 15, 20 years ago too. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, I got to read the good with the bad comments. The Jason stand out there, uh, Jackie Andy. I like Corey thinking how he would feel if he was a little girl right now. I, I work with two, you know, little girls uh, weekly on the You Don't Know Jackie podcast. But, you know, all that's right, just right. opinion. little girls. Go like, ahead. Fire with fire. Um, but, Jay, so moving on to another wonderful thing that was done on Raw. And, Jay, I'll let you take this one in the, some of the details. But when it comes to carrying Cross and, you know, losing to Jeff Hardy and then beating um, – Keith Lee. Thank you, Keith Lee. He's been booked so well that I forgot what his name was for a second. Uh, facing Keith Lee this week, having a, you yeah. know, an okay match, but how about you talk a little bit about yeah. like, some of the things were said by, you know, Sean Ross Sapp. And the yeah, so essentially um, uh, what was said, and this, you know, again, these are rumors, whatever, we don't know. But it's pretty clear that he was going to lose to Jeff Hardy again, but Jeff Hardy is on the, the COVID list. He's has, he has COVID or Mm-hmm. whatever close contact so he he's not at the show so they had him beat keith lee apparently they were going to have uh karen cross lose again to hardy and go on a losing streak until scarlet came and then that was going to bring the gladiator the warrior out in him and then he was going to start to win i mean not a terrible story i guess i don't know why they just can't build him up as a badass to begin with but you know i guess it kind of is what it is um, you know, and I did, you know, we mentioned it last week. I'm like, where's Scarlett? Like, why is she not there? Um, and you know, also interesting what he is without her, right? Like his, his, en- his, en- his, his, just his entrance, mm-hmm. right? His, his, who he is. Um, so I thought the match itself was, was fine. I thought it was a good match. They didn't, they made Keith Lee look good in defeat. Um, and I did enjoy the match. It was kind of a hard hitting match, but Vince, we, I mean, here's the thing. We talk about rumors and I was like, Oh, rumors. People don't know what they're talking about. These, these, these writers don't know what they're talking about. Dave Meltzer and, and, and Sean Ross and these guys and the proofs in the pudding. We heard months ago that he didn't like Keith Lee and what has happened since then? He wasn't on the show forever. They brought him back. He's lost several times. And I guess now we're hearing he's frustrated and like who, why wouldn't he be? They brought him over. Cause Vince is like, you're going to be a big time guy. And he's not. And so they clearly don't know what to do with them. I, I do think one of the issues was he had so much momentum with NXT and they brought him over to raw in the Thunderdome pandemic error. Um, 
I don't think Vince knew. I, I don't think Vince knew what he was. I think he thought he was going to be some big heel, but that's not as who he was or what his personality is. So I, I, I just feel very bad for Keith Lee because he's waited so long to get this opportunity. And I don't see him being on raw. I don't see him being in the WWE next year uh, with the way they release people. And AEW is going to have, you know, 15 million other people. So it's a shame, you know, it's really, it's really a shame um, what, the, what they're doing to him as carrying, as far as carrying cross. I mean, you know, again, this, this poor booking continues on these shows. Um, but you know, maybe there's some hope. They did have him win the match. Uh, they are. They do look like they're trying to put him over. Um, and he needs Scarlet, though. Like, it doesn't make sense to bring him out without without his manager. So we'll see when she when she returns how they how they change things up. Well, I guess the the first thing, and we'll talk about this, you know, a little bit quicker than I usually do. Uh, Keith Lee, I think, has got the same thing where reports came out that Keith Lee. Otis, they all these bigger guys don't wrestle a big guy style. Like, you know, Keith Lee wrestles the PWG ROH, that style. And he wrestles like Bam Bam Bigelow. He wrestles like he wrestles like Bam Bam Bigelow, 100 percent And and this is one thing that's been said by multiple places. And you could say they're all the dirt sheets, don't know what they're talking about. But Vince McMahon does not watch NXT. And if he does, it's on a very rare amount. So he has no idea. Like a lot of things that go on there, besides like maybe who's winning, who's losing, different storyline wise. But you know, I really do think he saw Keith Lee at the Royal Rumble in his spot with uh, with Lesnar, and then the him and Roman the year before it's was it Survivor Series, I think it was. And he, you know, he was put over big time there. And then all of a sudden, he saw him on a regular basis, and he he wasn't what he thought he was, and it's he basically feels like he's been the doghouse ever since. And then when it comes to uh, carrying cross. You're absolutely right. The presentation of him is the exact opposite of what we've been dealing with for the last year and a half in, uh, in NXT. And I think the thing that frustrates me the most about all this is I understand, and Jay, you said this very clearly last week, it's two different universes, it's two different worlds, NXT and, and uh, Monday Night Raw. But you know what? I have, I, that's just me personally. I have a hard time separating the two, and that's my fault. I understand that. But one show he's booked as the badass of the badasses, and on this show, he's just another guy. I understand maybe you say there's some of the audience doesn't know who he is, but the idea of you have to have some sort of idea of one plus one should equal two, you know, and it doesn't equate that way when it comes to this is an ongoing theme of guys from most guys from NXT coming up to the main roster don't equate either with the same gimmick or with the same idea of what's going on with them. And that's why a lot of them fail for every Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. There are a ton of others who haven't worked because of the fact that Vince doesn't understand what made them successful in NXT. And it's so funny, right? With Owens, he basically brought Owens up from NXT and he was just Kevin Owens. Like Kevin Owens has been the same as he was when he was Kevin Steen. Uh, there's just very, there's a lot of similarities to his character and who he is. And they kind of kept him where he was at and it worked somehow for him. Thank goodness it has. He's a tremendous, tremendous performer. But when he brings these guys up from NXT, they have ready-made stories that have gotten them over on big stages. And, and then he wants to just change them. 
and it doesn't make any sense to me. They could bring Adam Cole to the main roster right now, and the fans would be like when they brought him up during the Survivor Series, he made a event against Daniel Bryan. The fans were all chanting Adam Cole, baby. Everyone knew who he was. And, you know, I mean, if they bring him up now, they'd probably put him in a mask and, and you know, make him do war chants or something. But, um, or make him a jobber because he's small. It's, it, I think this is Vince saying, you know, I guess Bruce Pritchard also um, criticized the training down there with NXT and said they're not doing a good job of training down there. I mean, I don't know. I watch these fucking shows every week. NXT is a way better show than Raw, so I don't know. And they have people there who are younger wrestlers, who are greener wrestlers. Look at Velveteen Dream. I mean, I know he's released, but I think that's kind of because he did some scummy things. I don't think he was released because he wasn't good in the ring, right? They've developed some people. Uh, look at Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair is a star because of NXT. She was like a track athlete, never wrestled before. So don't give me this shit that they're not doing a good job of training people down there in NXT. That's that's bullshit. You know, it is. And I think that's Bruce Pritchard basically saying, see, Vince, let's change him. Let's change him to what you want to change him to. Right. And Bruce Pritchard knows a ton about wrestling. So, I'm, I, you know, I don't want to sit here and totally kill him. But I just don't understand why they want to reinvent the wheel. You know, I'm going to make a quick comparison. Sure. The... You know, Corey and I are big NFL fans. I'm a big Packers fan. Uh, don't want to talk about it. And Corey's he's big, back. Congratulations. Uh, he's back, yeah. And Corey's a big here. Browns fan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when Deshaun Watson came to the NFL, and I know he's got a lot of issues now, but when he first came to the NFL, he ran a kind of a, you know, college gimmicky offense. And Bill O'Brien's like, listen, he ran this gimmicky offense, so we're going to really – keep our offense simple and we're going to, we're going to coach the player, make the offense as simple as possible, put some of the college stuff that he liked in there, put some pro style stuff and we'll figure it out. And he was amazing. Of course. Right. Then he went decided to touch a bunch of women uh, allegedly inappropriately. And now he, who knows where he'll be. Yeah, we've all done that. But, but to me, I'm comparing that to what these guys in NXT do. Karen cross is this badass character. He's got this badass entrance. Don't change it up. You have you have already a ready-made guy. He's ready. Just put him out there and have him wrestle. That's it. Ricochet being a superhero. He's not a superhero. There's no such thing. It's made up. It's Marvel. Just have him be spectacular in the ring. Have him just get over on his athleticism. He will do that. And so... Instead, it's instead it's like, let's create new, you know, and sometimes it works like Apollo Crews, who was real, like didn't do much in NXT. And then uh, most times it doesn't. So, you know, I, I I don't know. I just I just don't understand why they don't take what they these guys in NXT and build them up to, you know, what they could be. Keep, you know, so I, I to me, it's very, very interesting I think a lot of this comes down to ego. This comes down to Vince not watching NXT. Maybe it comes down to the lack of respect he has for Triple H. I don't know. Um, maybe it's a I know better than you, Triple H, you know, because all the indie fans love NXT. I, I don't know what it is, but there's some disconnect between when these guys come up from NXT to the main roster and it continues continues to happen. Yeah. 
Um, I could have not said much better myself there. Uh, so you mentioned Bianca Belair. So that just brings up SmackDown quickly here. Um, what was your thoughts of two things? One, Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns being a thought about, which could be a, a TV main event, even though I think it most likely would be cooler if it was a three-way at SummerSlam. And also the idea of the dual shows on SmackDown and that super amazing, you know, packed audience for the for the festival. But basically, they really didn't look like they could care less of being there. Yeah, that festival thing was weird. Can what what Corey? What was the deal with the festival? I I don't really know. All I know is there were a lot of people there for what's happening with COVID. That was crazy to me. My wife and I watched it, and she was like, "This is giving me anxiety." Um, I, I don't know. Can you tell me what the deal with that? I know it was a festival and then they just had matches, yeah, random a, matches. It was a hip hop festival. I think it was called Rolling Loud Festival in, in Miami. And they had a bunch of different acts, a bunch of different stages. And then in the middle of this, you had a apparently, I guess, a ring with the two, two matches that were what, about four minutes each. And they basically, I guess, piped in the sound from the arena. And like I said, Looking at like 200,000 people look like something, some ridiculous number of people at this uh, festival for a music festival. I would have personally, I would have just made, basically maybe made it a mixed tag match, put the two matches together and just have it one like, you know, eight or nine minute segment, not yeah, two yeah. segments where the crowd was just basically from what you could hear from the, the natural sound. They were just, they were chanting for other musical acts to come on. So, I mean, they couldn't care. I less. mean, you're going to a music fest. Like, I don't want to watch wrestling at a music fest. Like, I mean, they did do that in NXT a couple of years back. They did uh, when I guess they were overseas. They were did during uh, some of the uh, hip, not hip hop, uh, metal festivals, and they that went over really well for uh, the combination. But also, you know, I think that the English fans are you know love wrestling as well, just like the Chicago fans, and they were there to see both. And it was it was promoted for a while that they were doing this tour of NXT with the. Um, I forgot which festival it was, but, you know, it was a heavy metal. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounded like they were doing it together. It was like a combination. So you knew what you were getting. This sounds like, all right, y'all watching Wale? Okay, well, Wale's off the stage. Now we're going to have professional wrestling. And people might be like, I don't want to watch this shit. I want to see the baby. Yeah, I want to see, like, whatever, new hip-hop, whatever that looks like for people, right? But, um, yeah, I, 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 you know. I don't know. That was that was very very bizarre to me. And what you thought um, of Finn Balor and uh, Roman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think it's interesting. Um, I think they have to be careful with Balor. The fans obviously are into him already. Um, they're really pushing him. So funny. Uh, Vince hates smaller guys, but Vince is but Balor's small and he pushes him. It's so yeah, but he's got eight abs. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he's he, got he, an does have, he does have a lot of abs. Um, I hope Balor, and it's only been a little bit, and I know he's kind of a baby face, but I want, I do want him to be more of the Prince Balor that he was in NXT. And he doesn't have to be a heel, but I don't want him smiling anymore. I don't want him happy to be there. I want him to be like, I'm going to kick ass, and that's what I'm going to do. And he showed that a little bit with Reigns, um, but he's obviously going to lose the match, or maybe they won't even have the match. And then what does he become after that? You know, also... If he does wrestle this match and lose, kind of where does he go from here? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess you could have him, you know, go to the IC route. I guess there's there's things you can do with him, but um, yeah, I think it could be I think it could be 
interesting to see to see where they go um, for sure with that. Uh, but I like that they're doing that tease of, you know, we're not giving you Cena yet. Um, you're going to get him, but you're not going to get him yet. Same thing with Adam Page. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in Omega. Like, this is going to be the match, but we're not going to give it to you just yet. So I, I always enjoy when, when um, wrestling companies do that. So Take their time. Yeah, yeah take, take your time. So we'll see. Yeah, like I said, it'll be interesting to see where these, these things go, you know, how main roster people are treated who came from NXT and what does or does not change in the coming weeks. You know, do we get the return of Becky before SummerSlam? Do, you know, does, does, that, does the cheers that she gets every week affect, you know, when they want to bring her back? It'll be interesting to see how all, how all that works. But, uh, Jay, usually your favorite show of the week, and I'm sure it didn't change this week. Uh, NXT on Tuesday was the first of two tape shows on the Sci-Fi Channel, the rating was a little bit down, but I actually was encouraged that they actually kept an audience when you've got the Olympics going on, just like with AW. And the I Olympics? What are the Olympics on? I don't know, Corey. You tell me. Aren't they on at like three in the morning? Well, they're not. They're, I believe they're live, but they're replayed, you know, all day on you know USA and any NBC uh, yeah. sponsored. I'm, I'm I'm being funny. I'm not into the Olympics this year. These show these these games at three in the morning. I, I can't, I can't handle it. And then they tell me what happened. So I'm like, Oh, USA law. I, I, it's just, it's, it's, it's brutal. Anyway, go ahead. But um, what was your thoughts on this week's NXT? I, th- I thought it was a fine show. I mean, I think we all expected at some point for uh, Dakota Kai to, to do the turn. Yeah, I didn't love, I didn't love how it worked. I didn't love it. Yeah, um, I, I think, I think this is such a big turn that I think they could have done a better job with it. Um, I think they could have done a better job with it. And it was so like, we knew it was coming for so long. And I don't, I just, I, I don't think we got, I don't think we got out of it. What we, what we should have gotten, you know, um, you know, she kicked her and she's that that was it, you know, like beat the hell out of her, uh, do a Bailey Sasha thing when she beat the hell out of her for those few minutes, you know, make her look vulnerable. She got kicked in the face and she was like kind of up and ready to go within a few seconds. Um, show us why she has a chance to win the match. So I didn't love that, but it was okay. The Samoa Joe Regal thing, I love that. I, I, I love that. The fans were super into it. Um, you know, the Carmelo Hayes Briggs match was fine. You know, the breakout tournament's been for me. I was really looking forward to it, and I've been very disappointed with the breakout tournament. I think these guys are just not at the level of the last they, crowd. They, yeah. I mean, they're not even close. Um, yeah, overall, I thought the show was a solid show. We, you know, you can go into specifics, but I, I feel like the show's. I really feel like it's missing something. I really do. I feel like okay, it's a good wrestling show. If I watch it, I watch it. If I don't watch it, I don't watch it. I love NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't feel like must-see TV. I see what um, you did there. And, and, and not, not every episode is like that. Some episodes are really, really good, but I didn't feel like this episode was. I thought it was a, you know, a missable episode, other than the Joe segment, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, I thought the Joe segment was tremendous. He's still one of maybe – he's one of the top ten talkers on the mic in uh, all of WWE system. Um, and you know what? I, I may not be the only person a little bit tired today, uh, Jay. Um, but I do think that it's going to be interesting when it comes to NXT TakeOver 37, I believe this is going to be, the day after SummerSlam, 
is the double main event right now, which it looks like it's going to be, well, we know for sure it's going to be Cross versus Joe. And then your second match from the top looks like it's going to be Raquel versus Dakota. I don't know if that's been finalized yet, but do you think that's a strong enough, the top one is super strong, but do you think that's a super strong enough one-two punch or are we going to need a couple of more matches? Well, don't forget Walter. That's right. We got, we didn't yeah. speak about that so, last week. So, so yeah, those are going to be, and they made it like official this week. Mm-hmm. So those top three matches are very strong, very strong. Um, you do think the women's match is strong, even though you didn't love how it started. You think oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. So I think they'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, they do great with these vignettes, great with these video package. Raquel Gonzalez has, uh, you know, gotten way better on the mic. Dakota Kai is tremendous on the mic. Um, I think they could have a lot of fun with this feud. I think they're actually two women who really care about each other and like each other personally. And I think sometimes when you have feuds like that, they can get the best out of each other. You're also going to have Colin O'Reilly. I think this is going to be a stacked NXT card. I really do. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this will be one of their probably one of their better cards in a while. I feel like they've been slumping a little bit with some of these cards. And I, I don't think it's a coincidence that Karen Cross has been champion during this time. But, um, yeah, I think this is going to be a really, really stacked card. Uh, Jacob with a comment in the chat. They got to make up for UE, the Undisputed Era, disbanding Cross getting called up. Plus, they, they got to figure out, figure something out. They're missing, a, they're missing star power. I mean, yeah, they really are. I don't disagree with that by any stretch. I mean, I don't know if you, I, I would say it was time to split up the, uh, the UE. But I mean, yeah, I do think that you are missing something now that they're not there. I mean, I don't think the loss of Finn Balor is a huge loss. You know, I thought, you know, what? I, I, I mean, star power wise, I mean, I totally disagree. I mean, I told told he brought something, he brought something to the show that they didn't have when he came out. It was something that I, I, I totally totally disagree. Hold on, sorry to interrupt you, but you still think he has that effect after the year and a half? You don't think he kind of after losing to Cross two times in a row clean, he just felt like another guy towards the end? No. Really? Because he's the first universal champion, he's a two time NXT uh, champion. He all, all these accolades that he's had, uh, he didn't look so bad on SmackDown. They were cheering him pretty <laughs> fucking hard on SmackDown. Oh, sure. So, like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't feel that way at all. Okay. Um, I thought, I thought he brought something that the show is trying to get with Joe now. Um, you know, that kind of, that kind of, that star who was there, who left, who's almost um, above NXT. You know what I'm saying? In, in a way. Uh, and I don't think they have many people like that there. So, yeah, um, they they need something. Uh, Jacob's right. He's they need something. And I don't oh, know. I don't I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a big angle. I don't know. Because this diamond mine's not doing anything for me. Yeah, they um, like jobbers are. They've already lost. Yeah, the, 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 their outfits are jobber outfit. It's just it's just not it's not great. Uh, like, you know, uh, Stokely Hathaway was like, I'm all about making money. And then he's like, we're going to go against Bobby Fish. Like, oh, come on. I, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, but, so the show's missing something and I'm not sure what it is uh, and how they get it. Uh, but I also think, Corey, they need to look at some free agents that might come up here. Now I know that most of the free agents are because they release them, but um, they need to look at some people who might become available. You got to start rating. I don't know, man. Braun Strowman sucks, but put him in NXT. 
I don't know. Maybe he'll get better. I know, I know. I can't stand him either. But oh no, I just don't know if he's the right style for him. I don't. I don't know. I don't know either. But I don't know either. But you know what I mean. Like they need something, someone to spice things up. And I'm not. I'm. I'm not sure who that person is and 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 how they get that all figured out. But the show needs something for sure. I I totally agree. And I think the the best thing you said there is it doesn't feel like must-see TV right now. And I'm not sure what they can do to fix that, but, you know, we will continue to follow it every week because it is, you know, one of the best shows on TV. And I know we're grading on a curve because, you know, SmackDown and, oh, sorry, Raw most weeks is a dumpster fire, you know, with maybe one good match here and there. Uh, Moving on to um, the big show of the week, because, you know, every week you get a surprise. May not, for some may not be the best surprises, but others it's interesting. Uh, AW uh, fight for the fallen. I thought was a good show. Not great. Um, I will be interested to see what the reaction is next week for Juventud Guerrero, who I, I thought that was a nice little surprise. I know he's 15 years ago. Maybe Jay doesn't care, but I mean, I always liked Hoovy. Um, the juice is loose. Uh, I thought that for what it was, I thought it was the Nick Gage stuff was, was just there. I mean, I enjoyed more of the stuff that, uh, Omega did with Callahan at Slammiversary a couple of weeks before. Do I give credit? What about Archer and what about Archer? What about Darby Allen? It's Every week's a hardcore match, Corey. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to say what's right or wrong with that because, and you can say that, I mean, last week we, we didn't, you know, uh, we don't have the full uh, results of the ratings breakdown this week, but last week, the second highest segment of the show was the main event which was the death match. And you could say, yeah, you have star power of John Moxley there, but basically that whole entire show was around 1.1 for the whole entire episode. And it had little ups and downs a little bit on that area, but it was consistently people cared. And I think right or wrong, you know, Tony Khan looks at the metrics because, you know, he is one of those guys who looks at the numbers a lot and he's seeing that these death matches and hardcore things, people, they're not losing interest to the fans pre-pandemic or during the pandemic when they were doing some of these matches, they were losing female fans at an alarming rate when they did the hardcore matches. But right now it doesn't look like either, you know, they're just giving everything a chance because it's live crowds, but it's, you know, it's, it's working. And if, the, you know, if it's not broke, you're not going to go and move away from it. Do I want to see a but, hardcore but, match but, every week? No, but I mean, you know, I but see. At one point do we here. have diminishing returns? You know, that, I that's something that's going to be interesting. Yeah. You can't do this every week. These matches are supposed to be special. It's supposed to be because you have the feud of these guys who want to kill each other and they, they can't figure it out. So they're going to wrestle in a, you know, a hardcore match like the Archer Moxley match. I get that because they had one of those matches. They both agreed like, Hey, this is the best way to go. We want to kill each other, but we respect each other. I didn't, I thought again, I didn't think they need to have all these matches, but I, I, I understood that every week, these matches, I mean, it, it's just too much. I understand. And, and, and I think, yes, Tony Khan's looking at the numbers and seeing that it's getting better. I think it's only going to be able to get so much better. I don't think 3 million people want to watch some guy bleeding all over the place. I don't, I could be wrong. And, and, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I don't think 3 million people want to watch a show every week where people are just bleeding all over the place. I just, I, I don't, I think those are supposed to be reserved for special things so that maybe 
maybe they would want to see a match between two guys who clearly haven't liked each other for a long time. And that's the blow up. But every week to get the, these matches, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's fine. People like it. It is what it is. I'll fast forward through some of it. I'll watch some of it. I, I thought the match was like too bloody. Like it's too much. Like I just, it doesn't, to me, it's not wrestling. It's just garbage. It's like, it's choreographed garbage. It's awful. I, I, I don't like it. I, I, I don't disagree with you. Like I said, it's not my type of wrestling. I mean, what, do I appreciate that Tony Khan has given, you know, someone like a Nick Gage a chance to go and prove himself and give him a, a spot on national television. And I'm sure the idea of the uh, dark side of the ring documentary and how well that did, you know, ratings wise, you know, I'm sure help with the decision to give him this chance. I mean, do I expect to see Nick Gage every week on my TV going forward? No. I mean, if that, if that final segment, you know, did, you know, 1.3 or, you know, it was like the super high moment of the card. Maybe we'll see more of it. But I mean, I think that it was part, part of a story of, you know, Jericho's has to do all of these different type of matches and we'll see how it goes. I mean, I thought Jericho looked a little bit better this week than he did last week, but you know, I don't know what. I mean, I mean they were, hold on, Corey. They were throwing each other through glass, pile driven on, gra- on glass. Jericho does a Judas effect that didn't even hit right. And he wins the match. I mean, come on. Come on. He got Paul driven in the glass. He hits a poorly thrown elbow and wins the match. It just it just it just doesn't doesn't look good. It doesn't I, look I, good. I, I and I don't want to see him out there every week wrestling. I really don't. I, I do think there is a 50-50 or, or better chance that after all out, I don't think we see him as much. I do think that uh I think there's a good chance he loses uh, the match to MJF at at the pay-per-view, and he might slide into a different role. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to become an announcer full-time right after that, but I do think there is a chance that we're starting to see the roll-down or the the clean, you know, the end of the full-time in-ring career of uh, Chris Jericho. And if that's not the case, and if he beats MJF, I will say – Oh, uh, Tony Khan screwed this one up. You know, I think that what they've done over the last two weeks and what they're going to do the next three coming up, I think has been interesting. I think it's been different. You know, he faced a hardcore guy. He faced a wrestler the first week in Sean Spears. This week he's going to be facing a high flyer in Juventud Guerrero. The following week he might, you know, maybe. Is Juventud Guerrero still a high flyer? What is he, 50? I'm not sure how old he is, but I mean, he does, he's working in uh, Mexico still, and he's been doing other shows. I mean, apparently he's he's still okay. I mean, who knows? We are surprised sometimes by how good or bad someone is. We, we will see what happens, but, but I don't want him to lose the comment here. Uh, Jacob wrote in, AW is, is going the ECW route, but they have more money and exposure. I'm not saying no on that, but you know what? ECW was a great mix of the hardcore and the pure wrestling no, it's not Jonathan Gresham, you know, doing a pure title match, but pure wrestling with, you know, they had the Malinkos versus the Jerichos and different matches. So it was a good combination. But, uh, but Jacob, I do get your point that this feels like a little bit too much ECW and ECW in the long run didn't succeed. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, Hoover to Guerrero's 46. Uh, he is in very good shape still. So I don't think I don't think he'll come out there and embarrass himself for sure. 
Um, and I think he had some Instagram. He's got some title belts. I don't, I don't, I don't know. But so apparently he's still doing really well and he looks great, uh, like in shape. So good for him. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a, it's, it's very ECW-esque. And um, I, I think that's okay. But I think even ECW had kind of a shelf life. Um, and I think it had, it had a, it had a, a ceiling that it could hit. And I, I think, um, you know, they're trying to tell stories with other guys, um, you know, and I, I get it, but I think they have to be careful of, of it being like, how many of these hardcore matches, they're all going to feel like one and the same, you know, um, they're all going to start to feel like one and the same. So they have to really, really be careful with it. The Thunder Rosa Baker match was ama- amazing. Um, but they got to be careful. It doesn't, doesn't become like just who they are. And then it's like, what am I watching every week? Also, Chris Jericho, you could like him or hate him. I sure, you know, he's one of my all-time favorites who should not be wrestling anymore. But man, he put his body in the line. Jesus. Yeah, just I mean, he, he's, he's getting cut with, with pizza cutters. Like, good Jesus. I, I don't know who I really don't know who likes this stuff. If you do, let us know. Uh, we're at work shoot pod on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, if you like it, let us know you like it and let us know why. Uh, apparently, people did not like Zack Ryder winning uh, the title, the GCW title against Nick Gage this weekend. Um, but people love their hardcore wrestling. I don't get it. I hear you. So, a couple of last things on AW before we call it a day here. What was your what was your thoughts on the reaction that Thunder Rosa got? I mean, I know that, you know, she's maybe the second or third best female wrestler outside of the WWE system, or you could say she's even higher. But fun, that pop that Thunder Rosa Rosa got, I thought was amazing. She's a star. I mean, I don't I don't know if I would want to go to her versus Brit so soon again at all out, even though she's quote unquote the number one contender right now. What was your thoughts on uh, Thunder Rosa with that? Nah, I thought it was great. I texted you right after. I'm like, holy, I'm like, holy shit. She, like, she's a star. Um, yeah, she's great. She has great, like, baby face appeal with her promos where I, I think she's like a new age baby face where she's not like, I love the fans. You guys are great. You guys are what makes me. But she's a badass, right, who doesn't uh, patronize the fans and is also really good in the ring. Um, yeah, I mean, but you, you also saw her entrance, people were cheering, but then she started wrestling against Julia Hart and it got quiet. Cause like, who's Julia she's Hart? Not ready. Yeah. She's 19 and years so old. I, I, and so I, I, how old is she? 19. Oh my good Lord. God bless her out there at 19. I give her a lot of, a lot of credit. It takes a lot of courage, but, um, I just don't know. It's such a. I mean, you have these two top people in a division and then like, and, and Sheeta. So you maybe put her as three and then it like, I don't know, Corey, they, they need to figure that out. They cannot have the show having one woman's match every week. It, it, they can't, they, I just, you know, and maybe well, the woman said, to- may, you know, what, what if they just, what if they just say, you know what, we're not gonna, you know, we're gonna have three women on the show regularly Sheeta, Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, and the rest of the women will. Statlander, I think Statlander's been quite good. And also. Statlander, and then like probably not have anybody else on there. I mean, you know, I don't know what you, I don't know what you do. I, I don't know what you do. 
because now they have to make the show so big. It seems like every week they're making the shows bigger and they're putting more things in there and what gets overshadowed. Right. So we'll see. But as far as Thunder Rosa goes, yeah, she's absolutely big time. Uh, she's NWA's loss. Um, but I mean, we knew she was going to AEW at some point anyway. So I'm happy for her uh, to kind of have this platform as a full-time performer with the company and she'll be champion. I mean, I, I assume she'll be the next champion whenever that happens. They usually do a good job of keeping the belt on women for a while or any competitor, but I think she wins the belts. Mm-hmm. She's the next champion. Uh, so a couple of quick things here before we call it a day. Just don't want to forget about them. I think that I would have thought AEW was a better show this week if the unfortunate injury to Cash Wheeler didn't happen in the tag team match match that basically they Tony Connor says that they were marking on this date in, in Charlotte since early May. So that was, it was like a two month build of getting this match in Charlotte. And that injury, I think made the match not as good as it could have been because they had to improvise. And also I, I'm really interested to see what they do now to get back on track. Now that Kenny Omega uh, and the elite won the five on five match. How do they get back to uh, hangman getting the shot at all, all out, or do they, switch directions and wait for full gear or, you know, where, where do they, how do they get back now that he's lost number one contendership? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't, I don't know where they, I don't know where they go there. Um, you know, in terms of that. Yeah. The, the match it definitely ended very quickly, but it makes sense. That's because uh, Wheeler got hurt. Hopefully he'll be okay. Um, uh, Natalia got hurt too. This, this, uh, this week. Uh, as yeah. Well. Yeah, uh, so she's re- okay. She's okay. All right. Yeah. Wrestling injuries are, 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 are tough. Um, also interesting that they made Santana and Ortiz lose. They seem to lose a lot of these matches, Corey, every big match they seem to lose. And maybe that's kind of the thing um, that they're, they're losing, but eventually they'll figure it out. They'll gain momentum. You know, you hope that that'll be the case. Cause I think they deserve it. I think they're they're at the point now they've been there for a long time. They've been passed over. It seems like a bunch of times. And I think it's their time to it's their time to win to win the title. So hopefully that happens. And I guess the last thing I don't know if you uh, if you could just quickly on what's your thoughts on how do they get to Omega? I think they I think they'll get there. I think they have a month. They'll figure it out. Um, You got to have Paige and Omega. That has to be the match. They'll figure out a way to get there. All right, Uh, Jay. We've reached uh, a lot of good things this week. How about you let people know how they can. uh, follow us and the rest of the life group uh, podcast network sure we are part of the life group uh podcast life group network on facebook uh monday you've got dong city with henry and vince um they i mean i think they did a a show a couple days ago they did one on monday yeah yeah, Uh, what was it monday oh my god it's what what is today thursday Thursday? oh my god these days I, i don't know what day it is i thought they did the show earlier okay never mind um but yeah so a lot of stuff happening there's been like three trades since we've been on a podcast that shows you how long our shows are, but it also shows you how much activity has been happening. Um, Tuesday, you've got the audible with Matt and Randy training camp starts. Apparently Aaron Rodgers is Matt wants to be the general manager of green Bay Packers. Uh, Thursday, you've got us work shoot wrestling podcast Friday. You've got the step back with Jacob and Leon and Sunday you have total bases with Felipe and Sean. I'm sure they'll have a lot to talk about with the fantasy implications from these trades, Max Scherzer, Anthony Rizzo got traded. 
Joey Gallo got traded. So um, the Yankees are loading up on their left-handed Italian guys. So um, very, very interesting stuff. And um, uh, so, yeah, check those, check those podcasts out. Um, they're usually in the evening. So you can, you know, after work, you can chill out, listen, listen to those guys. Um, so check out those shows. Yeah, and of course, you know, I think you already said it, but definitely check out this week's uh, Step Back, which I'm sure that uh, Jacob um, and Leon will be talking about the NFL, the NBA draft tonight. And I'm sure a little bit about the wonderful job that the men's and women's Olympic teams are doing in basketball. So that I'm pretty sure will be a must watch or listen, you know, depending how you go either on Facebook, YouTube, or, you know, just listening on the, the podcast feed. But uh Jay, there is another podcast that I'm part of, and uh, you uh, you class up every time you join. Uh, do you remember what that one's called? You don't know Jackie. You don't know Jackie. Jackie, Andy, Jackie, Rachel, Jackie, Corey. Nope. No Jason Brooks. The comedy podcast for the ages. Very cool. And you can check that out uh, every other uh, Wednesday on wherever you uh, download your, your podcasts. Uh, next week, uh, we will having a new show talking about the uh, wonderful show um, Sexy Beasts, which I had to sit through six episodes of Mindless Garbage. And as a result, I'm watching uh, F-Boy Island because uh, now I'm now apparently I'm hooked. I had to see something slightly better on HBO Max. It's actually not as bad as the dumpster fire of Sexy Beasts. But, you know, be sure to check out next week's uh, episode with uh, Boy, what is your life? Oh my God, that sounds well, awful. Well, blame uh, Jackie Andy and Jackie Rachel and Jackie Brandon and all the other Jackies out there who uh, want to make me watch things that's going to make my head turn three ways to Sunday. But really good, fun conversation um, on that show and Inner Beauty and how that show is not really about that, even though they try to advertise it as that. But uh, Jay, um, last thing before we get out of here. In the uh, conference call for the, uh, the second quarter uh, numbers for WWE, apparently someone asked um, Vince McMahon if he thought AEW was competition. And Vince said he doesn't see them as competition as competing the way that WCW did. Kind of blew, uh, blew them off and said everyone is competition, but they're looking at their own their own lane and not anyone else's. What's your thoughts? I know you hadn't seen it in advance. It just came out a little while ago. What's your thoughts on Vince McMahon's statement? Is it a good thing that he's just supposedly looking at his own product and not giving any clearance to anyone else? Or do you think this is just Vince, you know, being out of touch and not realizing that you got to change or someday 400 years in the future when the money dries out, you could have a problem. I think he's hundred percent right. I think they have to worry about doing the best show that they can do. Are they doing the best show they can do? We know they aren't. Um, but I don't think that's because like we have to compete with with AEW. Um, I think that's they have to do a better show. They have to have a better product. So I think he's right. And they're not competition. They're on a different night. They're they're you know, WWE is releasing people that they're scooping up. Clearly, they're they're good with what's happening. And AEW is not trying to be on Mondays, which I think is a really good idea. They, AEW is making a ton of money on Wednesdays and on Fridays after SmackDown. Um, and WWE is making a ton of money, right? 
those two have now well we already know wwe was was where they were but aw has now separated from the ring of honors impacts you know mlw's that packed and they're a solidly number two so there's a solid number one there's a solid number two and then there's like a jumbled mess mm-hmm. right and so he's right they're a billion dollar company they're not competing with fucking aw now um they're different down the road, who knows? But they're publicly traded company, the $55 a share, whatever, $6 a share, whatever it is. They're doing just fine as from a financial standpoint. We on the show usually talk about from a booking standpoint, but from a financial standpoint, they're doing well. And that's right, that's capitalism, right? We, we talk about it's not about the product you're putting out there, it's that that product is making money. And that product that they're putting out is making money. Yeah, I mean, do I think that you should always be looking in your rearview mirror to see what's what's coming and what might pass you at some point? Absolutely. I mean, he's seventy four. What I mean, how much rearview does he have? That's true, but like I was saying, I think you should always look at what's coming up next to you. But you're right on the idea that you got to look at your own stuff, figure out what's wrong in your own house, and if AW ever truly becomes a true threat, then you deal with it. And you know what? He he might be an out of touch, you know, billionaire. But he's done a lot of stuff right in the past. And I guess you got to have the hope that he figures this out. And AW will be good on their end. WWE and everybody else will be good on their end. And at some point, the wrestling industry is doing a thousand percent better than it's doing now. Do they ever get back to, you know, combine, you know, eight million fans uh, over a week? I don't know if that will ever happen. But it will be interesting to see how all these things develop. And like you said before, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WorkshootPod. And we'll be back, uh, I believe, next week with uh, an all-new episode. Corey and I have to. T- we have Corey and I have to discuss that. Oh, we we good. we we may not be having a show. Uh, and just just so you guys know, I'm gonna be Corey. Corey didn't know this because um, we just Shannon and I just my wife and I just figured it out we're gonna be in Santa Monica next week. So we might have a show, but it might be on a Saturday or, or something like that. It might be on a different day, but we'll we'll talk. You you might get a show next week. Maybe it'll just be Corey and friends. Who knows? Oh, so I'm allowed to do a show without you. Cool. No, uh, absolutely. Go, go, go for it. You can do a show without me. I'm, it's all good. All right. Well, if we do not speak uh, next week, happy uh, wedding anniversary, which I know is next week. So enjoy that. Both of our birthdays are coming up the following week. So we'll see how that affects. And uh, guys, as always, my partner in crime, the final word is yours. I think we're done here. See ya.